This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church in Lubbock, Texas. For more information, visit faithchurchlubbock.com. I don't know about you, but there's times in my life that I get into to patterns where I really sense the direction of the Lord. Things are really clear. You know what? And I know God's not a respecter of persons. But when I get in and I take a lot, a lot of time and pray, and I pray a lot in the Spirit, whoo, things become very, very clear. So I encourage you to do that. First Peter 2. Now, a lot of times when we become Christians, even in the area given, people will say to me, well, you know, we, we don't live under the law anymore. We live under grace. And, you know, when you study the, the things of the Bible, Jesus broke the curse of the law over me. And you know what he did? That's Isaiah 53, 3, 4, and 5. It talks about it. In Galatians 3, 13, it says, Jesus has redeemed us from the curse of the law. The curse of the law was threefold. It was poverty, sickness, and death. And so when Jesus died on the cross, that's what happened. So a lot of people think, man, it's just going to fall on me. Just going to happen. No, every promise and blessing from the kingdom of God is, is inherited by faith. You've got to step out in faith. When you have sickness come against you, you begin to speak the name of Jesus in faith. The Bible says in Mark 16, 15, you lay hands on the sick and they will fall over dead. Thank you. No, they'll, they'll recover. But man, when you lay hands on yourself, you've got to do that in faith. Now listen what it says here in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24. He himself bore our sins in his own body, having died to sins that we might live for righteousness. Now, it says there he took care of the sins. But let me ask you something. Since you got born again, have you still sinned? Yeah. Yeah, we have, okay? So what's your point? You still got to believe God, guys. You got to stand by faith. And look what he goes ahead and says. And by whose stripes you were healed. Now, let me ask you another question. Since you got born again, have you had to battle any sickness in your body? Yeah, I have. And so what do you do? You learn to appropriate the Word of God by faith. How do I do that? I begin to believe what the Bible says, and I act on the Word. So when the Bible says, you lay hands on the sick and they'll recover, i got to do that. But not only I do it, I do it with faith. I'm going to tell you right now, if I'm going to lay hands on you, I'm not going to say a little courtesy prayer. I'm going to get over and say, you know what, we're going to believe God. We're going to stand together and we're going to believe God. Now, why I'm telling us that, it's the same way in the area of finances. Jesus broke the curse of poverty over us, but I still got to live by faith. I got to still step out, and when Jesus says, you give and it'll be given back to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, he'll do that. But once again, I play a part in it. I play a big part. So get your faith out in these areas. All right? Let's pray. Father, we love you tonight. We honor you tonight. That even as we sang, you are a faithful God. And you will do precisely what you said you would do in your word. And I thank you for that. And Lord, we ask you to bless the sacrifices of giving as we receive those tonight for your glory. Bless the hands of the giver, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.
Amen, amen, amen. Well, praise the Lord. If you've been here for the last, I, you know, I don't know how far back we went. I think probably into March. We've been talking about the fear of God. And we're going to end tonight with it, most likely. I'm not going to promise that, but that's the goal. Now, listen, the, the fear, of, fear of God is a positive thing. The spirit of fear is a negative thing. Those are two different things, totally different. The fear of the Lord means to stand in awe, to reverence God. Now, a lot of times we do not understand this, but this may help you. I remember as, as a boy that when my father would give me an assignment or a chore to do, and I did it, it was easy for me to come to the dinner table that night. It was easy for me to be out in the front lawn playing when my dad got home because when daddy looked at me and said, did you do what I asked you? He said, yeah, I did. I did. That was a fear of my father knowing, oh, man, my, God, my father's going to love me and he's going to reward me. But you remember those days that when your daddy told you to do something and you didn't, you weren't really looking forward to going to eating that night. You weren't out in the front yard playing ball. Actually, you're probably under the bed or in the closet hiding. You know why? Because you disappointed your daddy. And this is very similar to the fear of God. I don't know about you. I want, I want to please God. I want, and and the, the older I get, the more easier it is to please Him. I don't have to, but I want to. Now, let's go back to Psalm 25. Psalm 25, and let's begin there. And if you were here two weeks ago, this was one of our, our main texts. We're going to hit that a little bit tonight, and then we're going to try to fill in some blanks. Now, Psalms 25, this is an awesome passage. I'm going to read it to you out of the New King James first, and we're going to jump into the New Living Translation. Verse 14, the secret of the Lord is with those who fear him. That's interesting. He says right here, the secret of the Lord is with those who fear Him. Those who reverence Him. Those who respect Him. And, and look what it goes on to say. And He will show them His covenant. And when you look at that, God reveals His secret covenant to those who fear Him. And God will begin to tell you things. But first of all, he wants to know that you fear him and that you reverence him. One of the ways that we show we fear him, to fear God, is to obey God. Now listen what that says in the, in the New Living Translation. It says, friendship with the Lord is reserved for those who fear the Lord. With them he shares the secrets of his covenant. And so maybe, just maybe... You've, you've never got around God and learned the secrets and His covenants. And part of that can be that you don't fear God. And maybe not just that you don't fear God, you don't spend time with God. See, God is a God of relationships. I take it as a slap in the face when someone says to me, you're really religious. I'm not religious. I don't want to be known as religious. Religious is an outward set of rules and acts. But when you have a relationship with someone, that's when you have an intimacy with them. And whoever you have an intimacy with, you're going to tell them your secrets. And this is what God wants to do with us. Now, go to your right just a little bit to Proverbs chapter 2. Proverbs chapter 2. Let's look at this and then we'll get into really what I'm wanting to get into tonight. Proverbs 2, verse number 1. My son... <laughs> 
You know, the uh, one translation says uh, a good friend. It starts out a good friend. If you receive my words and treasure my commands within you. How many have ever treasured God's commands? It's a good place to get me. I treasure God's commands. You know why? It's not for me to, to follow a set of rules, but Father God's the very one who created us. So when I follow what he commanded me to do, you know what's going to happen? It's going to be well with me. My life is going to be blessed, okay? So he says, treasure my commands within you so that you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding. Yes, if you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding, if you seek her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasures. Now I'm going to stop right there. I'm going to go to verse 5 in a minute, but when you begin to look at that, there are three ifs in here. And I want you to know the ifs. The ifs are a, a, a word that means these things that he promised are conditional. This may help you about ifs. When we were kids, we'd always say this. If if and buts were candy and nuts, what a Merry Christmas we'd have. And so when you see these ifs in here, this is conditional if you obey him. The first if is verse 1. He says, if you receive my words and if you treasure my commands with you, within you. Verse 3 is the second one. Yes, if you cry out for discerning and you lift up your voice for understanding. Verse 4, if you seek her as silver and search for, for hidden treasures, then... Now, I want you to hold on to that word right there, then. What's the then? What's the then based on? The then is based on if I obey those three ifs. Now, look what the, in fa or the then factor is. Then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. So what was all this about, guys? When you have a heart that, that, that listens when you apply the word to your life, when you cry out, when you seek and search for the things of God, then you're going to understand the fear of God and the treasures of God. As I looked at all those wordings in there, think about this just for a little bit. How many of you have ever misplaced or lost something that was very, very valuable to you? Maybe a lot of money. Maybe your wedding band. Maybe a diamond ring. For some people, even a pet, a dog. If you lost anything that had great value to you, you didn't just casually look for it. You diligently looked for it. I mean, you turned furniture upside down. You crawled in the back seat of your car and removed your seat. How many have ever done that? Every one of them. I know it's it. I mean, we've turned over mattresses and pillows. Why? Because it was very valuable. And I tell you, we were up all night. You see people driving around the neighborhood a hundred times. You seen this little dog. You see. Why? Because it was something valuable to them. But have we ever looked at the Word of God this way? Because He gives me some insight right here. And He says, when I have a heart for that, when I cry out for discernment, I cry out for understanding, then he begins to show me, this is the fear of the Lord. 
Now go with me to the book of Exodus, Genesis, then Exodus chapter 33. Exodus 33. Now last week, guys, or not last week, two weeks ago, we talked about a man in the Bible named Abraham. In the scriptures, there were two men that God specifically labeled his friends. One was Abraham, and the other one was Moses. Now, there may have been more than these two men, and I believe there was, but God specifically labeled them friends of his. Now, when I saw that word, the friends of God, it gets my attention. So what happens there is I go back and I start studying and saying, I know Abraham and Moses, they weren't just given that title of friends of God for the fun of it. There was reason, there was purpose, and so you got to go back and you got to find out why these two men were called friends of God. We saw with Abraham that Abraham was a covenant man. He put the things of God above anything. Remember his nephew, Lot? Lot chose the things of the world where, where Abraham said, I'm going to choose the things of God. And I believe that's what separates Men or women that are friends of God or not friends of God is when we put God first, when we put God above people. Now let's look a little bit here about this guy named Moses tonight. Exodus 33, let's start in verse number 7. Now Moses took his tent and he pitched it outside the camp, far from the camp, and he called it the tabernacle of meeting. Now, the tabernacle of the meeting here, guys, was the place of God's presence. Why was this set up in a tent? Because the temple hadn't been built uh, yet. And so he sets it up here. Now, think about these words here. The tabernacle of the meeting. So you know what that shows me? This guy named Moses, he took time to meet with God. He had time to say, i got to go hear what my father's got to say. I believe that's an insight, a nugget for every one of us. How many of you, when you got to make big decisions in your life, do you call on God? Do you even invite God? Or do you pick up your phone and call Uncle Buck? I'm going to tell you, calling Uncle Buck, he's going to get you in trouble, okay? Because he's limited as a man. And I can stand here today and tell you. Man the best times in my life to get direction is when I go spend time from, with God. You know what God says? In, in Romans 8.14 he says those who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. Romans 8.16 says the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit will bear witness with my spirit. So you know what that means? The Holy Spirit will come and He'll advise your spirit. Do I have a spirit? Yes. The makeup of mankind, 1 Thessalonians 5.23, is man is spirit, soul, and body. So you have a spirit, the real you. That's what's going to live forever, okay? This is how God wants to, to lead us. I believe Moses was led by the Spirit of God. And part of the reason that happened is because he took time to meet with God. It's important. So he sets up this tabernacle called the Tabernacle of Meeting. And it came to pass that everyone who sought the Lord 
went out to the tabernacle of the meeting, which was outside the camp. Now, I highlighted in my Bible everyone who sought the Lord. This wasn't reserved just for Moses. This was an invitation. Anybody who wants to, you can meet with God. And that's how it is today. You don't have to have a priest to go. You can meet with God personally. And that's God's desire. That's what he wants. Okay? Keep reading. Verse 8. So it was whenever Moses went out to the tabernacle that all the people rose and each man stood at his tent door and he watched Moses until he had gone into the tabernacle. And it came to pass when Moses entered the tabernacle that the pillar of cloud descended, the glory of the Lord, and it stood at the door of the tabernacle and the Lord talked with Moses. And the Lord talked with Moni. And the Lord talked with Maria. See, the Lord wants to talk to us. And when Moses made himself available, guys, this is what happens. God still speaks to people. He still does. Verse 10. And all the people saw the pillar of the, of the cloud standing at the tabernacle door. And all the men rose and worshipped each man in his tent door. So the Lord spoke face to face as a man speaks to his friend. He spoke face to face as a man speaks to his friend. Now, the, the best friend I have nowadays is my wife, besides God. But when I talk to my wife, my wife gets very, very uh, upset with me when I don't make very good eye contact with her. Do you have a problem? Yeah, I do. I, I mean, I stray, you know. They say us men can only do one thing at a time, and so, man, i got to really focus. But something happens when I look face to face in her eyes. This is what God wanted to do with us, but this is what he did with Moses. And so if you'll notice here, he labels him a friend right here because of the relationship they had. It wasn't because of religion, it was because of relationship. Keep reading. And he would return to the camp, but his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, did not depart from the tabernacle. Now, when you look at that right there, guys, it said that this guy Joshua was Moses' servant. And at this point in his time, it says Joshua was a young man. But Joshua hung out at the tabernacle. And you know what it shows me here? Joshua learned to meet with God at a young age. Ultimately, when Moses died... Guess who led the Israelites into the promised land? This young guy named Joshua. Now it wasn't coincidental and it wasn't the luck of the draw that Joshua was the one who did it. This showed me right here. That at a young age he took time to start meeting with God. I don't care where you're at in life. Even if you're a new beginner or new believer, start meeting with God i got to take time to meet with him. So you're beginning to see some things here. And so the Israelites, guys, they didn't fear God. 
But Moses did. And I believe this is why the Israelites never were intimate with God. They didn't know God's ways. They didn't know God's motives. They didn't know God's intentions. They knew God like me and you would know a, a, a sports figure, a, a famous actor, maybe a singer, even let's say the way we would know our president. You know how we know people like that? From a distance. We know them because of their talents, their accomplishments, or their achievements. But we don't know them on an intimate or a personal relationship. And this is exactly how the Israelites knew God. It was from a distance. That wasn't God's desire. How God knew Moses, he wanted to know every one of them that way. Verse 12. Then Moses said to the Lord, See... You say to me, bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. And this was pretty bold of Moses. He looks at God and says, you know, you want me to lead your people, but aren't you going to tell me what all we're going to do? Keep looking. So he goes on to say, yet you have said, I know you by name, and you have also found grace in my sight. Now, therefore, I pray. If I have found grace in your sight, show me now your way, that I may know you and that I have found grace in your sight, and consider that this nation is your people. Now, remember what we read in Psalms 25, 14. He shares his secret counsel with those who fear him. This is what he begins to do with Moses. He begins to tell Moses what he's going to do. Thank you for listening to the podcast. For more information, visit faithchurchlubbock.com.